morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Monday, September 5th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We're going to hear some words from Jesus in our first reading today out of John's Gospel. But before that, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, we pray that as we come to your words, we would find comfort, that we would find hope, and that we would find peace in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of fear, in the midst of all that is going on in our lives. May we look to your words and find comfort. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Our passage is from John's Gospel, the 14th chapter, verses 1 through 4, and then we'll jump to 25 through 27. This is Jesus speaking. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Tara, how are you? Uh, What's something good you've seen in the church lately? So, um, I'm good. Um, You are preaching this week, and I hardly know what to do with myself. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. I have a long list, but still. Um, And let's see. I guess the thing that sticks out to me about church, there are two things. One is that on Sunday, um, I read a story to the kids during um, the children's sermon time. And at the early service, there was one little boy who like got as close to me as he could and was like transfixed on the book. And I don't know, it was awesome. And then the other part is I taught Sunday school and um, there's a person in there, Roy, who always makes me laugh like (laughs) every day. And um, I just get so much joy out of that. So how about you? Uh, I am also doing well. I have recovered from COVID, so it's good to be back in the Uh, land of We are so glad to have you back. (laughs) Um, And the last good thing I've seen in the church... um, I think just uh, there's a really sweet moment uh, at the beginning of our men's Bible study when we pray for people, uh, and there's 
a lot of needs in our congregation. There's a lot of people going through some things, and just that that holy moment of not me praying, uh, of other men uh, yeah, praying for one praying another. for one another, and and people they know and people they don't know is is a, a really lovely time uh, mm. that I enjoy. Uh, That's great. But speaking to the uh, to the children's book, what children's book did we read this past Sunday? And and as you formed and crafted this sermon series, why did you pick that book with this text? So part of it is I see our kids. Wor- the worship service is for all ages, mm-hmm. and I feel like kids are really engaged when you pick books that they know and love, mm-hmm. right? And so many books teach the principles of our faith and of Jesus Christ. Um, And so what I have done is I've taken some books, we read it to the kids, and then we help them connect it to their faith in a different way. Um, So this week, we will read The Pigeon Needs a Bath by Mo Willems. And it's this book where um, the pigeon is dirty, Brett, and he needs to take a bath. And the whole book is Basically, he's afraid, Mm -hmm. and so he's making excuses, 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 and um, at the end, you know, he's taken the bath and he really loves it, but that idea of doing something unknown and being afraid of it, I think is really, Jesus speaks to that Mm -hmm. in so many ways, and so that's how I ended up here. But let me ask you... What is the context of this passage from John's Gospel? And are we to make anything in particular of the many dwelling places part of this? Yeah, so this uh, passage takes place at the end of Jesus' ministry, kind of part of his last discourse. This is where we're going to have, you know, Jesus arrives in Jerusalem and John and in most other of the Gospels, you only have like three to four four chapters left yeah. and John you have a third of the gospel uh-huh. left um, a lot of it is preparing us for what does the death and resurrection mean that's John is really kind of helping us to work through that so uh, that's where this takes place and so Jesus is preparing his disciples for what life will look like when Jesus is no longer bodily with them and uh, and, and specifically in regarding that that many dwelling places, um, it's in reference to uh, him going to the Father's house to prepare for them. Um, and some some translations have translated it as many rooms. Um, and what I like about dwelling places as opposed to rooms, why I think the NRSV gets this right, is. I think what Jesus is trying to communicate is an expansiveness of, mm-hmm. of the Father's house, that there is there is many different places to dwell and to live. Um, I, sometimes, I don't know, with rooms can be a confining thing to think about. Um, like, you go to the Father's house and there are many rooms. Like, I don't want to go sit in a room. <laughs> uh, but instead, this idea that there are many dwelling places. And so we have the expansiveness of the Father's house, that it's not... Uh, something that is small, uh, something that's limited, uh, but something that is uh, large and inclusive uh, in many different ways, and and not just in the size of it and in the, the many, but the uh, function of it, that it's a place to live and to dwell. So there's a Catholic scholar, Francis Maloney, um, and he has written one of my favorite commentaries, And he says that he thinks the best um, kind of verb to use there is abiding place. Mm. 
there are many abiding places in my Father's house. Mm-hmm. And I go to prepare a place so that you will abide with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love that idea because, you know, at the end of his life, he's pointing towards the resurrection. Yep. And he's pointing to the um, need that fear isn't needed mm-hmm. um, because we will abide with God on the other side of the veil, right? And, and sorry, go ahead. You, no, you, no, no, that's good. I'm good. Stop me there. I that's saw all you I took know. a deep breath and I that's went I for it. Uh, and that 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 verb abide is is John's favorite of Jesus yes. talking about it. With maybe you were about to say that. That's and what I, I was I, gonna say. Well, I said it so I get the credit. <laughs> it's very important it's to both very of us, isn't important. it? Uh, but yeah, so to. to Sorry, I got distracted with that whole thing of, of Jesus um, abiding with the disciples. I mean, that's the whole point of the uh, incarnation is, is God coming into the world to live with us. Uh, and then also that that dwelling places, that abidingness doesn't end with the things that the thing that human wrestles, humans wrestle with their whole life, which is death. Um, yeah. And I think um, for John, abiding with Jesus doesn't have anything to do with circumstances. Mm. It's having faith and belief in who Jesus is and having peace and rest because of that. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot the disciples are going to be facing that seems scary. Um, But if they can just abide um, here and, you know, able to abide after the the lives they are living, then I think that should lead to peace and really to a a rest. Mm -hmm. There's something about the word or just the verb abide. It's not something that I particularly use in my vernacular that I find uh, incredibly comforting when reading the -hmm. Gospel of John. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our quote today is from Anne Lamott, who has written, I didn't need to understand the hypostatic unity of the Trinity. I just needed to turn my life over to whoever came up with redwood trees. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all for being with us. We'll be back again on Wednesday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.